Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris, back with another episode. Um, just uh, schedules weren't really lining up. Uh, definitely wasn't hiding from any topics because I'm, I'm gonna get into everything I got to say tonight. Um, but uh, you know, I just uh, schedules weren't lining up. I had a lot of shit going. You know, work has been real, real fucking crazy, and Shaheen's had a lot of things going on too. So you know, and shout out to my man Shaheen. Definitely, uh, yo, hit him up for some commissions and you know, check out what he's up to. But uh. Yeah, so, you know, back doing this thing again. Um, want to say, uh, you know, shout out to all those Eagle fans out there that thought for a fucking second that they'd beat the 49ers. Because, you know, goddamn well, that w- that wasn't going to happen, you know? And you'd be fooling yourself to think anything different than that. So, sure enough, Eagles got shut down, you know? They scored late, but most of the game... There was no fucking touchdowns. There was, you know, no none of that type of shit going until later in the game. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. That defense is fucking ferocious. Um, I, I will say that the Eagles were better than I thought they were because their defensive line is still legit. Um, they still put on some pretty good pressure. And, um, 
the fucking Jalen Hurts is a lot better than I thought he was. I think he's going to give the fucking uh, the Giants problems on Monday. I honestly think that they'll beat the Giants. I think they, that's the – no, no, is it the Giants? No, it's Dallas, sorry. Uh, Dallas. I think they beat Dallas. I really do. I, I really think they could do that. Because Jalen Hurts moves around enough, and Dallas's defense ain't shit. They're just, they're just not that great. Dallas' offense can be good, but Zeke at this point fumbles all over the fucking place. Dak, he, you know, he's still coming back from some, you know, terrible injury shit. Half even won to play in fucking Dallas. And offensive line ain't shit. You know? I mean, when it comes to, you know, a decent defensive line, they're going to get after him. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Eagles win that game. But uh, they ain't fucking with the Niners, though. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the difference. We're about to fuck the uh, the Packers up on some real shit. Um, half of their offensive line is like out, and Nick Boza is a fucking savage. So when you see when him when he gets out there and he starts tearing off of those fucking backup offensive linemen, Aaron Rodgers is gonna be fucked up. I mean, you, you just it's crazy. It's crazy to you know to to let a guy like that loose. I mean, there's clips from him hitting Aaron Rodgers the last time they were playing. But, you know, he's got three sacks on the season thus far. I mean, this this guy could fucking leave that game with another three. You know? So, I'm excited. It, that's Shit's going to be on Sunday night football. If you haven't watched my Niners, check them out Sunday night. You'll see some, uh, some real fucking serious defense. And we got that. The offensive weapons there are, are dope. Our running back core is getting really depleted and, and banged up. But Shanahan's system allows running backs to fucking thrive, regardless of who they are. So, you know, we got Trey Sermon back in there after the Eagles hit, hit him with that dirty shit. Almost broke this fucking guy's neck. But uh, he's still back because Eagles ain't shit. So then when they try to hurt somebody, that shit doesn't work out. So, uh, yeah. We, we got some major uh, firepower out there. But enough of that. Um, on to the next. Uh, let's, let's see. What do I got? Um, Sadika is wrestling uh, Mickey Knuckles this weekend. I'm really looking forward to that shit because uh, it's, it's going to be brutal. Not this weekend. Next weekend, right? Yeah, obviously not today. So next weekend is that. That's, that's going to be a fight. You know, those two are really going to, they're going to bang out. Um, Homicide showed up in AEW. And so, did, you know, Suzuki. That's dope. I'm hoping Homicide's going to be regular in AEW. I don't know how these contracts work, like with Ring of Honor and shit, because he was in uh, Violence Unlimited. And that hasn't been running that that long, so I can't imagine that's over, is it? I don't know. I don't really know the answers to these things that I'm pondering but um yeah i mean I'm, I'm hoping he's able to work for both i i'd like to see Deppin show up on tv and dickinson for that matter you know like that whole crew could very well just show up on tv i mean and thrive really well so it's some shit i would definitely like to see i mean dickinson should definitely be all over television some fucking where yeah it doesn't make any sense that that he's not I mean, at this point, it's got to be by choice. 
you know, because I know there are some things that he, he would rather have not like clouded his schedule with in the past that he was like, I'd rather not do this or that. But um, and I know Japan's a big thing for him, too. So, you know, maybe he's got, you know, plans with, with that and the NJPW stuff. But, yeah, I don't know for sure. But I'd like to see that whole crew over there on TV. But it makes me wonder, too, like, well, what about the Briscoes and the, other, the rest of the Ring of Honor crew? Unless Homicide just never really had that type of contract. Yeah, he wasn't locked in at Ring of Honor. I don't know. But uh, it's great to see him on TV always. You know, well, well deserved. Um, John Wayne Murdoch almost kills this kid. Um Doing the, the the destroyer, what is he called? The Deep South destroyer or some shit. Canadian destroyer off of a scaffolding. What was it? A balcony? Yeah, it was a balcony this time. And um, he did like a the destroyer to I guess like a where they stripped the canvas off, like the mat and the canvas off. So it was just the bare wood, and then it was two tables on top of that. And I guess the tables went wrong and uh, something happened wrong and the kid landed on his like face and I guess he's really fucked up I don't know if he's paralyzed or what but um, yeah it's um, I'm trying to read a message here it's always a terrible idea on the podcast but um, but yeah I mean the, the thing about the whole fucking spot is John Wayne Murdoch is good at what he does. You know, I, I was always amazed that he was able to pull it off the way he's pulled it off in the past. Off a roof, off a um, scaffolding. I saw him do a shit in front of me um, on Devin Moore and sca- with scaffolding. I, IWA, King of the Death match, whatever the fuck year that was. But, um, yeah, and that shit was wild. And it's like, you know, you must have to change the way that you do it and the amount of effort or, or force that you put into it, I should say. Because, you know, there's rotations when they, they flip over like that. You know, you're going to have to alter the way that you do it because you're going to go more distance down to whatever you're falling on. And, um, you know, I mean, that, that's got to take some some level of talent because I, he hasn't hurt somebody pretty consistently. But the problem with this is, to me, he should have stuck with doing it with guys he was comfortable with. Which, I mean, could be like a pretty decent sized group of guys, you know, like the guys that he's wrestled a ton of times and he knows, oh, on height spots and shit, you know, him and Devin, you know, that would be an easy one because Devin's all about the height shit. You know, there's, there's guys like that, that he can go like, all right, oh shit, I'm wrestling this guy second round. Okay, cool. I'm going to do some real crazy shit because me and him could do this and that. You know, there's got to be stuff that, like, you play to your opponent's strength. You know, I'm not a wrestler or anything like that. But I know, like, if I was doing some, like, very dangerous shit, I would want, like, the clutch motherfucker with me. I would want the person you can count on with me, not the one that fucks up all the time and and drops shit all the time. You know, if there's an accident-prone dude or someone just not experienced at all and you're going into a dangerous situation, that's a way worse scenario than if you really calculated that shit and said, look... I'm going to try this fucking thing with the no ring, no cam, you know, no canvas, fucking two tables, barbed wire, fucking uh, glass, this, that, whatever the fuck the next thing. And and I'm going to do this with this guy that like we we've had a bunch of matches and 
I know exactly like how he rotates on that shit when he hits the destroyer. Uh, you know, I, I I would pick that guy. You know, and I know you can't pick all your bookings, and it is what it is. But now, now what? Now you got some kid all fucked up. So I don't like just blame Murdoch like, oh, that was so unsafe and unprofessional or whatever. But I just blame his fucking decision making skills to do that with this kid to begin with. Because if a guy panics when you're trying to do something that you have control over, that panic alone will throw the whole fucking move off. And that could have been very well what happened. Because who the fuck is this kid to be doing some stupid shit like that? Yeah, suddenly you get fucking famous because you took that crazy ass shit. Ain't you the kid who, yeah, that's great. But if you don't know what you're doing, you panic in the moment, you're fucked now, you know? So, I, I mean, I don't know exactly how it went down or what went wrong. Um, for as many times as Murdoch has done it, my guess would be something the kid did was wrong. That would just be my guess, giving him credit for for what I've consistently seen consistently seen him pull off you know what i mean so that's not to defend him in the situation or, or just blame the kid or whatever but chances are it wasn't the guy who's done this a million times it's the one who did it once um off of some height shit but uh just bad decision making skills but i mean this is the same guy that was begging fans for pizza money online you know from like 14 hours away <laughs> you know, hitting people up like in New Jersey, like, hey, can you order me a pizza? <laughs> Here's the number for the joint. Shit's wild, you know. So I'm not surprised by the decision making skills um, shown here. Um, another fantastic decision making uh, skill effort it would be uh, Takeda. Fucking, uh, he landed on a board of forks and these things buried, like, I don't stab food as deep as this motherfucker stabbed his goddamn back with these forks. Like, I don't need to stab it that deep. You know what I mean? Like, you can just kind of poke it with the fork and eat it. You don't have to bury that shit to the fucking handle. And that's what he had going on in his back, like multiple metal forks in his fucking back. Like, and it's like a fucking two count. I'm pretty sure that was a two count. Or or maybe I'm trying to think if he got the because he did like a roll up pen like this. Uh, the dude who fucking choke slammed him into the board, pulled the forks out of his back like immediately like it was an emergency. And then like, you know, pulled like a I don't know what the name of that pen combination is, but he like hooked them with his legs and rolled through some kind of cradle or some shit. But um. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Fucking update came up on my screen about the 49ers, so, of course, I lost my train of thought. But, um, yeah, like, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, that's a show in September in Japan. I saw a fucking gif of it real quick, and that's, like, the most I'll ever see or hear of it, and it'll go away in the history of wrestling. It's just another crazy thing that happened in big japan wrestling or freedoms or wherever the fuck they were and it's just it doesn't make any sense to me anymore it's not like this is the big payoff match this was from cage of death this was from tournament of death a one time a year tournament or a one time a year big payoff show and those motherfuckers went so wild man you see that shit on his head that that came from such these guys now on like a fucking wednesday are just like 
yeah, why don't you just take that fucking, uh, that harpoon there and just stick it through my shoulder and have it come out of my back. Well, you know, just to start the match and then we'll lock up. And, uh, from there, you know, we're going to do some crazy shit. And it's like, and it's the opener. So we just want to, you know, kind of get the crowd into it, but we'll have this like irreparable wound. Um, your shoulder may never work the same after, you know, we, we trade, uh, harpoon shots, but, I mean, we'll probably get a decent reaction. Of course, it'll be later forgotten about because there'll be another seven matches on the card and the main event's going to be really crazy. So this scar and, you know, inability to use your shoulder correctly again will just be for the sake of the opener and, and hopefully we'll get a pop out of those uh, harpoon shots. It's just, it's so senseless at this point that that's, it just helps that like fetish notion for me that makes it not something I want to look at at all. I'm not into that shit like that. You know, I was, I was with the fight that had elements of these danger in there. I, you know, where this guy sold this and this guy sold that these guys are just coming out with like bazookas and shit. Like, all right, I'm ready for the match. And it's like, wait a minute. What the fuck guy? Like every time these guys walk out, it's like open fucking scissors taped to a board. Fucking, razor blades every fucking where um you know and this shit is just like the middle of the match it's not the finish it's not the other thing that's crazy too is like light tubes panes of glass things like that and even you know to take it more fundamental the table it has a great impact so it sounds good it looks good it looks like they're going through some shit. The light tubes explode. Um, you know, with the table, you get like the crack and, you know, somebody going through something like you're putting a motherfucker through some shit. Um, and then, you know, with the light tubes, they explode, the glass explodes, you know, it's got a good impact, but when you land on something that's just sharp, the only part of that, that works is the danger element and then seeing that danger element pay off where you have a massive open wound on your fucking back. And I don't think that's a good fucking business plan. <laughs> Call me fucking crazy, but I think if, if your entire way of selling the danger is not like knowing how to fall on fucking glass so you don't really get destroyed, you know, and if things happen, there's ways you're going to get cut and there's not much you could do to avoid it because it is dangerous. And, you know, that's, again, the, the element of danger that, that you're selling. But if the, your entire way of selling that element of danger is to be like, see, this can cut you wide open like it cut me wide open every time I do it. And it's like, now this shit looks like a parody. You know, it just, it doesn't, it, it looks like that S&M shit like that that fetish shit and um it, it doesn't look like oh we're having two guys that are fighting now it's like this guy just brought out some shit and laid it out real nice and then you know they do a couple fucking uh what do they call that fucking um hoedown shit they do a square dance around it you know they they fucking do -si do they hold each other's arms, spin around a couple times, and then one of them dies into the fucking razor board. And it's like, all right, 
that's man that's nuts and then he gets up and you're like ah see that's why it's crazy because that fucking axe wound on the back of his fucking shoulder over there and you're like yeah that's it's not gonna heal easy at all it's like he's wrestling another three of these this weekend all right i mean at some point or the, the like the the buzz is gone you bb king the death matches you know the thrill is gone But that's just the way my brain works towards it. I mean, as long as you're able to be entertained by it, fucking have at it. And um, I definitely, you know, had my fill where that shit was amazing to me. You know, the way I would see, you know, guys walk out with these fucking bundles of light tubes. You'd be like, oh, shit, it's about to go down. You know, but at this point, it's just like it's so pedestrian. And and, and the wrestlers, are, they're selling it like it's something they wanted not like it's a terrible thing that's happening to them they sell the pain a little bit but they're just too in love with the with the entire structure of it you know it, it just it used to be a lot of the same type of bad motherfuckers but they had a way of like respecting the the elements that they're dealing with you know, and, and it just, the whole product came off better. So the same sacrifices that you're making, the same pain you're going through actually counted for something because you sold it. Yeah, you, you weren't on the fucking internet five minutes later, like licking the guy's face in the locker room. You weren't putting the guy over on the mic before, during, and after the match. It's just... It's different now. It's just way different. The aura that shit is dead, and now it's just cutting for the sake of cutting. And that sent again that statement that Tremont put out years ago, or if someone said it before him, I don't really know. But that violence for the sake of violence shit. As soon as I heard that shit, I shook my head because I was like, "That's the shit that should be frowned upon." You want violence for the sake of a build for a feud that you put together for you know, all this time that you invested fans interest in and fucking violence throughout that escalating to this big fucking thing. Again, not the opener for two guys who put each other over before and after the match on the mic. Hugged each other and you're my friend and I wouldn't be doing this shit if it wasn't for you and I wouldn't have it any other way than to be around this shit with you. And, you know, like, the, 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 there is no fucking reason. There is no rhyme or reason. It shouldn't be so welcome to just be violence for the sake of violence. You could love violence. You could love to see two people kick the shit out of each other. But you are not going to fucking sell to me that it's better if they just do it for the fuck of it than if you get to believe that they actually hate each other. Because if you believe that this guy wants to fuck that guy up or this guy doesn't actually like this guy or he's trying to actually prove he's better at this shit than that guy. If you could sell some element of that shit, I'm way more fucking interested. Anybody would be unless you're fucking brain dead, which is kind of my theory on a lot of these fucks is like, you know, for you to just stare at it and go like, I don't really care why they're doing it. I just like that they're doing it, you know, then then you're just dumb. That's all. You're just, you're just a simple motherfucker. So if that's you, then 
that's why violence for the sake of violence sounds good to your fucking dumb ears because you just go like, yeah, you know, this is just because, because, and that's why they're bleeding because I like the, from when they bleed, you know, you just, you're, you're dull. (laughs) Um, man, the, uh, dark side of the ring. Uh, that, that shit is wild, man. That that fucking show has really fucking put it on these motherfuckers. And it's crazy because wrestling was always garbage as far as their standards and the way they treated people and the type of shit that happened behind the scenes and the way that they had to live. Because to me, like, and this is stuff that I never knew. Like, when I grew up, and that's, I think, part of how I kind of just moved past wrestling for the most part, because when I was younger, you buy, you know, you buy into it. The ultimate warrior is my guy. And I like Brutus, the barber beefcake. Cause he cut motherfuckers hair off and shit. And like, you know, like it just had like an aura to it and there was characters and it was that, you know, character driven when you're younger for at least, you know, my, my age range, I think, um, so I was into all of that type of stuff because of that. But, you know, as things changed and it kept going, you know, in sort of that direction, I, I lost interest as I got older. And then I got back into it when I was, you know, late teens, early 20s. So then I started watching it for actual wrestling more so. Um, but. I didn't know about all the shit that was going on behind the scenes at any of those points because it was either when I was too young that I wouldn't have identified with any of the shit it was, or it was when I wasn't really watching it. And then when I got back into watching it, I started hearing like dribs and drabs of things or whatever, but it wasn't until, you know, those early 2000s, mid 2000s where I started getting shoot interviews and, you know, hearing some more of these stories and these things like that. Cause before that I didn't have access to it and I wasn't looking for it. So I didn't really get as much of like how shitty it was. And you also, when you first start hearing these things, you, you see them as isolated incidents you see them as things that, Oh, well that's just one crazy thing that happened one time in Indiana or this happened on, on, you know, when they went to California that time and remember such and such said this and, you know, it would be like this one story or that one story. So initially to me, when I first started hearing this shit, I would always just think of them as isolated incidents. Well, that's not the shit that I'm watching. And the guys that I watch, you know, they're, they're different than that shit, you know? Um, for the most part, you know. And again, you would watch people that, that you knew, you know, New Jack was one that obviously jumped out immediately. Like, oh, yeah, he just fucking stabs people. And he's not like shy about saying like, no, I legitimately tried to kill him because he, he hurt me in the other match. So I figure like I'll throw him off of here and hopefully he dies. Like, oh, OK. So like <laughs> you started to see some real behind the scenes when like those type of shoot interviews were coming out. Um, and the more and more I I matured i'd see more and more of it and you know i i attended czw for so long and you know more than ever learned more about what goes on and everything else and then now you look back and like 
a fucking quarter of that locker room is dead. And they were all younger than me. You know what I mean? Like, for the most part, every one of them was younger than me. You know, mine is like a rebel and, you know. But, I mean, these people are all dead for one reason or another. And that it's just fucking crazy. But you start to all connect. It all starts to connect together. And you're like, this isn't an isolated incident. This isn't. The, none of these incidents were isolated. This is just the way it goes. And I think, you know, obviously there's going to be good people in there. But the lifestyle itself lends itself to a bad fucking lifestyle. Like, just just the way that... Just the way that you have to live. Your outcomes generally aren't going to be good. They're just not. There's not many guys with backed up plans and afterwards and... What are they going to do next? It, there's a lot of traveling. So you don't really get stability anywhere. You know, there's not an off season. The, the fucking injuries are piling up. The drugs are flowing. The alcohol is flowing everywhere. You know, everywhere you go, there's a connection to this and that. And you, you have access to this shit. So initially, yeah, you can get in with a hope and a dream and this and that. As soon as you just become another one of those guys, like, shit starts getting heavy. And, and you could hear story after story after story and start to just connect it and go, like, no, that's that's kind of the lifestyle there. And, you you know, you, again, you could be one of those exceptions and, and kind of opt out of that and still, you know, work within the, the that same business. But the majority of the way that it works is just filthy shit. And you start to learn more and more of that, that the more that we go. Now, there's a lot more people who want to do it the right way, who want to treat it like a legitimate sport and a business and entertainment that isn't filthy behind the scenes. But to me, you got to scorch the earth. You got to fucking bury. And that's this dark side of the ring is pretty much doing that shit. It's taking all the, everybody's fucking heroes and going, oh, yeah, remember that time you did that shit? And you're like. Oh man, like I don't fucking. We, <laughs> you could talk about the promo, you could talk about this match, you could talk about this. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, remember when he was forcing himself on chicks and airplanes? And it was like, oh damn. You, you know, now you can't really look at it the same way. Or as many have continued to do, you bury morals and you just go, yeah, but that's still my guy. It has nothing to do with it. Yeah. I still, I maintain that you can. You can um, enjoy somebody's work, but despise them as a person. I just think there's a certain amount of like you can't do too much flag waving. You know, you can't you can't be wearing their shit all the time. You know, you, you can't be purchasing things after the knowledge of of the terrible person that they are. You know what I mean? It, you know, that that makes it look bad if you're actually putting money into that specific person after knowing that that that's where I kind of draw the line. You know, like I hated DMX as a person, loved his fucking music, his early shit. Always. And I always use him as the example because that's just that's just what it is to me. I would still rock his fucking songs because that wasn't like it didn't matter. Like if I was playing a fucking song, if I was not playing a fucking song. He's not getting any more money out of me doing that. And I like the fucking song. So I hope he dies slow, but 
in the same token, you know, I, I ain't got shit to do with this song. You know, so I, I could separate the person from from the art, but I can't, you know, be like, yo, R.I.P. Oh, my God. I can't believe he's gone. I, I, I wish anybody else would have been. Nah, fuck that. man. he was torturing dogs for fun. He was killing and murder, murdering dogs and torturing them for fun, electrocuting them, drowning them like this. This is what these fucking people might pick. That's what he was doing. So I hope he dies slow. That's it. This is what it is to me. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm way more of an animal person, you know, so when these people are doing shit like this to animals, I, there's no love, you know, it's just, you know, so that, that's the same way I feel about like this other abuse where it's like, nah, man, like that's not a good dude. Um, now just let's, let's go into the actual thing a little bit. Um, so this this plane flight from hell apparently like it's been on a million shoot interviews. I guess I haven't really watched that many shoot interviews when it comes right down to it. Um, but yeah, I guess like it's been talked about a lot. And I, I this is literally the first time I even heard about it at all. And um, yeah, it was wild. So to summarize it real quick, because I think like this first part is has gotten glossed over a lot, and I think it has a lot to do with it. And I don't, I know it has a lot to do with it. And I'm not saying this in defense of anybody's actions because people who did what they did, you know, should be held responsible, every fucking one of them. But, you know, these motherfuckers got their flight delayed while they were on the flight. They were delayed on the tarmac for seven hours. They went through three liquor carts before they left the ground. The woman who, uh, the flight attendant who was later fucking molested by Ric Flair said she's never seen a flight go like through one liquor cart ever. Like before, during the flight, like combined, like she's never seen one depleted, like gone. And they went through three of them. So they spent seven hours drinking before the plane left the fucking ground. So, again, not to excuse anything, but you got to understand at this point, these guys were just like a, a plane full of drunk gorillas, like massive fucking dudes that are just like blackout drunk. And there was no order. And I, and I think the number one focus and i don't even understand why i haven't really heard his name online very much but jr is supposed to be he was supposed to be one of the the people in charge from what from what he was saying it was like vince would send me to do whatever you know so he's saying like vince would send me back to you know take care of this or take care of that and then later on, I guess they were saying Vince isn't on, wasn't on the plane, but everybody there was saying he was on the plane. So I don't fucking know. But either way, JR definitely was on the plane, and he was definitely in, in some position of power. And all that shit went down on that fucking plane. You know, and he, he gives himself credit in the one, in the one point where he, he came back there and said, uh, you better settle the fuck down or, or some, some kind of shit. But 
not to stop any of this other wild ass shit that happened. And, you know, I, I think if someone's going to be in charge of the crew, they got to be the one that stops those fucking liquor carts from coming in. They got to be the one to stop the shit from going down once the shit starts going down. Something's got to happen one way or another. You know, there, there's got to be in a whole fucking plane full of wrestlers. There's got to be a couple of those guys that would love to just get in good with Vince and would execute whatever the fuck you need them to execute. You know, during that flight, like, hey, make sure he doesn't get that shit or, or this or that. You know, it was just anarchy on that flight and they just allowed it to be. And Flair, I guess, had a regular thing where he would spin his dick around like he'd he'd strut in his fucking robe. With, with nothing on and he'd open it and go woo and fucking swing his dick around like a helicopter like I, I, I never heard no shit like that but uh yeah like the, apparently that was like his gimmick he would get fucked up and do that all the time and he, he was doing that and then he was he was like trying to get the, the stewardess to touch him and you know fucking pressing himself up against her and all this other shit and uh yeah man I mean Someone should have fucking had that shit under control long before anything like that even happened. I mean, there, there's like, there's a lot of shit being missed, you know? There's a motherfucker taking his his clothes off and running around, you know? Long before he, he's even started grabbing on anybody, this motherfucker's running around with his dick out, you know? Old ass man with his dick out. Like, yeah, <laughs> nobody, nobody's down to stop that shit. Like, it's wild, the whole fucking thing is wild. And that's why to me, it's like the whole fucking scene is toxic. It ain't a matter of like, oh, Ric Flair's just a dick. Yeah, I'll give you that all day. I mean, I'm not, again, not excusing what he did at all. But JR is 100% complicit in that. Because he was like nonchalant about the whole shit. He said, uh, yeah, it was a black guy. But, you know, the good thing about a black guy is the heel. Who the fuck are you to say they heal? You you didn't get fucking pushed up against the back of the plane with Flair's dick out. Fuck you talking about they heal. Yeah, I mean, you don't. You're not in a position to say that shit. And then he's like. He's like, uh, well, you know, do you think uh, it was right for or, or why didn't anything happen to Flair? Because they, they like, I guess, suspended people and did whatever. And um fire i think they fired henning or some shit for fighting with brock and um they're like why did nothing happen to flair and jr pauses for a while looks at the ground like he doesn't know how to fucking say it and he's like good question and then he pauses again and he goes like flair was like a made man he got a pass was it the right thing to do i don't know but he got a pass that yo, you can't say if you know that he did some shit to this, this woman, was it the right thing to do? I don't know. Now, look, if Vince overrode you and Vince had you do what the fuck Vince wanted to do, there's nothing you could say about that. But as of this point right now, you don't work for the motherfucker and you're, you're fucking offering up that you don't even know whether it was the right decision to let this guy just fucking get no repercussions. That's what you're saying. You're going like, I don't even know if that was the right thing to do. Really? Well, then you know what your fucking answer is. 
Because you're supporting that shit. If you're not sure if he should have been punished for that shit or not. You know? So that's that's its own shit. So again, I just think the whole fucking business is toxic. And there, if there's enough people to start clean now, scorch the fucking earth. But there's a lot of your friends you're going to have to throw out too. Keep that in mind. Because it's not just the old crew. It's not just the fucking past. But I mean, we're talking motherfucking archives are going to have to be burned when when you're, you're going through these people and this one can't be really put on a pedestal anymore and this one can't I mean you look at all the fucking legends Hogan Flair like who can you look at it, these people to say like oh this is a good guy it's hard it's, it's hard and you'd be like okay I found one it's this guy cool now show me all his best matches well, you're going to run into those other guys again, aren't you? You know, it's tough. It's really, really tough. So um, the thing is, is like I said, it's not about just the old guys. You, you can't come up and then keep the Danny DeMano in there because, oh, well, he's, he's my guy. So we'll start over and we'll work for him. But, you know, he's he's got, you know, mug shots at domestic shit. You know, he, he's been a snake. Lauderdale's been a snake, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to just scorch the earth when you have these fucking people around that are on this type of shit. You know, Marcus Crane's been a drug addict, like his whole fucking career, or at least since I, I knew of him, he could have had a long, clean career before that. I don't know, but he's a fucking mess. He's going to live at Tremont's house now. So that's that's its own thing. We'll talk about that too. But, I, you know, it's going to take a lot if you're legitimately going to clean this shit out. You're either going to legitimately try to kill, clean this shit out and lose a lot of motherfuckers. A lot. Or you're just going to throw out all the people you don't like and you're going to try to keep better secrets. So, I guess it depends on what you're looking to really do in this situation. But, we'll find out. Um, yeah, so fuck, fuck a little bit. I really don't think RVD, personally, I, I, now look, I know I've always been an RVD fan, but I really don't think that he said anything on that documentary that made me think that he was alright with it. He's, he, the way he was talking was like, this business is bullshit. And like, look man, like, they do stupid shit like this all the time. And I, I wish they didn't like, cause he even said about the flare thing. He's like, you know, sometimes you shouldn't meet your idols and you know, no one needs to see flair naked in his, in his robe throwing, you know, swinging his dick around. Like no one, no one needs to see that. So to me, his attitude on it, at least the way he came off on the thing to me made it sound like, he wasn't down with the shit, you know, and obviously Tommy Dreamer, you know, he was on some stupid shit, which Tommy Dreamer's always, always been on some stupid shit as far as I'm concerned. I've never been a Dreamer fan, so I, I can't be like, and then I can't believe it. Like, nah, it's, it is what it is with him. He's a knucklehead. And, you know, to say this stupid shit that he said and bury himself, like, there's got to be something wrong with your brain to, to do that. And, you know, maybe the chair shots or whatever the fuck. But 
Yeah, just knucklehead shit. Um, yeah, so then uh, the next one that I just watched last night, I think it was, was the Chris Canyon one. And I didn't know a lot about, you know, the way that all that shit went down. And at first, I didn't really buy into the WWE fired him because he was gay or, you know, did what they did with him because he was gay. And I, and I didn't even know like the full extent of what was done to him. Like, I didn't know that undertaker gimmick shit that they did. And that was the death blow right there. But I guess he struggled with a lot, you know, mental issues in the past and had a lot of bouts with, you know, the depression and the, um, I think they were saying he was schizophrenic or, or some shit and um he was uh you know he was struggling with that stuff but he said people people kind of knew you know as far as him being gay and he tried to like hide it at first but he wasn't really good at hiding it and he was saying like secrets don't really last very long in wrestling like everyone kind of knows everyone's business and um it wasn't like spoken back to him as if he like people knew, but he knew people knew. And um, they were bringing him back after being out for a while. And they put him in a box and they told him to act, uh, to, to dress and sing like Boy George and saying, uh, do you really want to hurt me to the Undertaker? And the whole gimmick was for Paul Heyman to bring out this box and be like, hey, I got a gift for you. He was doing the American Badass gimmick. And he was like, I got a gift for you. And um, he had fucking Canyon in a box singing, do you really want to hurt me dressed like Boy George? And like he didn't come out yet, but this was clearly a fucking response to somebody finding out and punishing him. There's no fucking way that their way of bringing him back was to pretty much put him in drag and have him saying, do you really want to hurt me to the undertaker? You know what I mean? Like that's not a fucking coincidence. I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's fucking not. And, um, he fucked him up. Like he absolutely fucking squashed him. He didn't like, he didn't have a competitive match with him. He didn't have a, any kind of offense. Like, he just got fucked the fuck up. Like, he's chair shots to the head, the whole shit. And, like, there was no rhyme or reason for that. And then after that, he just got buried and pushed further down the card. And uh, just, just made a joke of... And that was it. And that, that was what led to the end. But, like... They knew what they were doing with him as soon as they found out and then put that shit on him with, with The Undertaker. That's how I see it, you know? And then you add that to his already um, difficult struggles mentally, you know, it was a wrap for him, and, and unfortunately he killed himself. But again, yeah, that's definitely on them. That That's how I feel, you know? Because... He had mental struggles to begin with. So, I mean, that's some shit that he, he needed to get taken care of. And, and again, as I'll tell many fucking people in, in bad situations, whether it be uh, with drugs or, or mental stability, wrestling ain't the fucking place for you. 
it ain't the fucking place for you, Nick Gage. It's not. People love to see you wrestle and this and that, but you're addicted to fucking opiates. And it'll kill you. Wrestling isn't a good way to get clean off that shit. It's just not. There's not that many people who can do it. And if your willpower is strong enough to, to get off the shit while wrestling, I mean, more fucking power to you. But nine out of ten of them can't. Because you're continuing to put yourself through pain, and that's your one answer. You know? And um, that that's, you know, to feel normal. Like, when you get, when they get hooked on the opiates like that, you you struggle with feeling normal. So, to go make gigs and get the bookings and stuff like that when you're on that shit, there's no way. To be off that shit would be the harder one. You know, that on it is your normal functioning at this point. If you're hooked on it, they, they just run that cycle and, and you never really get that same fucked up as you used to be, but you just keep chasing that dragon so you can feel normal. And then when they don't have it, that's when they really fucking crash out and go through the withdrawals and shit. But yeah, like it's not, it's not for fucking people who are struggling. Wrestling is not a place for people who are struggling mentally, physically, you know, emotionally. However, like they can't immerse themselves in wrestling if they can't keep themselves together as a human being. It's just, and I know it's become haven for that type of shit, but there's also a whole lot of fucking deaths within wrestling. And I think it has a lot to do with that substance and that mental stability. It's just. Let me see. What else do I got? Uh, Ron Funches in GCW. Yeah, I saw that. Um, you know, this isn't my type of shit. Like, it just it it really irritates me when I see it. Like, it's like the opposite of my type of entertainment is like super over the top play along wrestling because it's it's not you know what you would consider to be a fight ever. So he's like very gimmicked up. You know, what the hell do they call that? I don't know. They have like a term for it. But just real like basic wrestling and like haha spots and all of that bullshit. But uh, it's not for me. But when they do shit like this, they bring in so much attention to their company and they should keep doing it. I'm sorry, like, when you bring in this fucking guy and you get a whole nother set of eyes on your company because of this guy and then they see all this other wild shit that you're doing and they're like, that was pretty fucking cool when they were doing the shit. Yeah, it was cool to see our guy out there, but in the same token, like, see the other shit they were doing? It, it It's, like, such a great advertisement tool to let these guys dabble in fucking wrestling, kind of make a mockery out of it for a fucking match, and then end up just bringing more fucking people to your your form of entertainment so i think it's a great idea just shit that really like when i see it it doesn't it doesn't uh, work for me um marcus crane um is moving into tremont's apartment over there at the uh hogan hall and um it's just such a wild scene. And he keeps like talking Facebook shit. Like people are fucked. 
I'm moving in with uh, with Tremont, who lives in a warehouse, and uh, and and training. And it's like, yeah, like, well, I hope he gets his shit together. But in the same token, like, this dude's brain isn't fully functioning yet. Like, he has a hard time completing sentences and shit. And it's like, I need to bump more. You know, and <laughs> what the fuck? Ah, man. The mentality is crazy. I don't know what that fucking place must look like at night. Fucking Marcus Crane, fucking Tremont, and his wife. And I don't know if like he's got a bunch of students or Frankie Picard and his nine kids living there. Mark Angel and his kid out playing ball out back. Playing catch out back. Working spots out. You know, I mean, I, it's just, it's a wild scene. That dude Mouse crawling around in the rafters and shit. It, you know, I, I just don't know why that's becoming like a haven over there. I mean, I guess that's that's old school. Guys living at the school and the dojos and Japan and everything. But again, I don't know. The, the, the way of life overall, it just, just sounds so foreign to me. And I'm just... Just low class, you know? And that's not me trying to speak, like, high and mighty or anything, because I'm not, you know, on any kind of level to be, like, looking down on motherfuckers. But in the same token, like, if you're living in a fucking warehouse, which you know isn't right, and then you're, like, moving other motherfuckers in there, like, I don't think there's a shower. Is there a shower in that building? <sighs> I mean, that's gross. It's just, it's just fucking gross. So, I, I don't know. That's just me, though. I mean, if you're happy living in a fucking warehouse with a bunch of other dudes fucking smelling like assholes and Cheetos and shit, I, to each their own, man. Have at it. Do your thing. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much that. Um, one more thing I got to cover. And this... um. Let me finish this cold brew real quick. This is this is where this dude forced my hand. I didn't have a hand. I, you know, I had no plans to continue talking about this dude. I had no plans to continue. There was no feud. There was no, oh, we're going to go back and forth. I'm going to light this guy up. It wasn't even that. I explained my side of things when the whole thing came about and let's just bring it back to the beginning. So Brian, he used to run, um, IWA tri-state. And I think he had other names for companies that he had or whatever, but he would like run a one and done show every once in a while. And it would be really bad. It would just be very shindy level garbage. And I went to one of them and it wasn't good at all. And like to the point where like we would bring up terrible shows that we were at, there's no way that show wasn't coming up because it was really bad. And the thing too is like Brian was pitching going into that. This is going back to the old CZW type shit. Cause DJ had CZW at that point, I believe. And there was already started complaints like John CZW, you know, like 
the, us fans were still like, you know, wish Zandig was back, that type of thing. And he was always, you know, so in with Zandig that he felt the same way, obviously. And he was even telling like, you know, me like, yeah, like I'm bringing it back like the way it was. I'm even going back to Sewell. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this dude's for real. Like, he's he's gonna... And, and I went, and it was just like a fucking Shindy show. And, like, just really bad cornball gimmick bullshit with the uh, Don Montoya coming out, the Who Let the Dogs Out with the Mike Vick jersey on the heels of that shit happening. Like, you know, like, just cornball Shindy shit. I hated it. I left before the main event, um, which was like... Uh, I think it was Pondo for somebody in like a weapons match or something, but like it wasn't going to do any, anything that I haven't seen before. I already knew that, um, you know, Pondo wasn't blowing the roof off of anything. Pondo was always, you know, good in death matches and all, but like pretty basic to the stuff that he does. He's not like stealing shows or anything like that. Not, not from what I've seen. And I've seen a lot of Pondo. And uh, the the most memorable spot thing that I think he did was the um, the pencil board thing with Toby Klein. That was how many fucking years ago? And that was the one, you know. And he's a veteran. He's done tons of shit. So this isn't just a Barry Pondo or anything. But I'm just saying, like, I knew it wasn't going to be anything to write home about, especially on the heels of everything else I saw. So I left. Um and I haven't walked out of a lot of shows, and that was one of them. Zandig left like two matches earlier. He was there in attendance in the crowd. My highlight of that night was getting a picture with Zandig. That was 100%. Like, my takeaway from the thing was, like, at least I got a picture with Zandig. So, I just logged it. At that That's what it was, you know? But, Brian, like, he's the type of dude that he just goes online every time that people are talking highly about something he doesn't like whether it be gcw whether it be um aew um he's got a problem with it so he's gonna start trying to nitpick what they're doing wrong while they're doing very well while they're succeeding um i understand like i know this this is often compared to like what i do but you understand when i'm burying czw they weren't succeeding They'd say they were, but where are they now? Like, they they weren't succeeding, and I was pointing all of that shit out, and people call me a dickhead for saying the way I said it, but I saw the fucking train coming. This is a company that's succeeding very fucking well, and this dude not being mature enough to just go, it's not for me. Clearly it's working, but it's not for me. He would tell you every fucking day of the week, and, and I mean that in a very literal sense, because that's that's half of what got to me is that his persistence on on this shit was just like every day. It's like, dude, you're older than me. And I'm looking at this shit like, man, I'm 43 years old. I don't have time to fucking talk about what AEW is doing wrong as a business every fucking day of the week. And not only do I not have time for that shit, I definitely don't have time to fucking I mean, to go the route that he just went, it, you know, it, it it really boggles my mind. But I'll get to it. I, let, let me get back. But I also haven't run a company. 
So not only does it boggle my mind that he has the time to pick these fucking companies apart every single day of the week, but to know that you ran a company and it, it didn't go well. You, 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 maybe, you maybe did it enough for yourself to have ran a show and just say you've done it. But you didn't do it enough to consider yourself successful unless breaking even or making uh, a couple hundred or a couple grand for the night and going home happy saying you ran a wrestling show. Unless that's what did it for you. And hey, that, that's what a lot of guys are doing. And if that's enough for you, that's great. But as far as a good wrestling show, that's not what you do. And that's fine because that's not your career. You haven't sunk every bit of your money into that. I mean, maybe at a point you tried to. I don't I don't really know. I, I don't, you know, I'm not getting into the thing on, on that level. But I'm saying you tried and you failed at this thing. And every time that you try to come back, it's just another one-off indie shindy show. It's not like something you would look at and be like, man, he's fucking killing it. He really has his finger on the pulse of the shit. You were asking people, like, who, who's good in, in this state? Who's good in that state? Uh, you don't know. If you don't have a fucking a real passion and pride for the product you're going to put forward, why bother? That's just me, you know? And again, if you run it some local low-end shindy kind of product, but to you, it looks good, doesn't fucking cost you anything, or you make money, or you lose money and you're okay with it. However you're okay with it, that's great. Enjoy. But when you criticize other companies, my thought process goes back to the company that you ran. And I go, I think I like what they're doing over what you would be doing. Sure, they have a heavier budget and this and that, but they're doing well. Bottom line is they're doing fucking well. And when you look at that on paper, when you look at that on TV, and you look at the fans' reactions, not fucking Jim Cornette, but the fucking fans, and you look at the packed stadiums, and you look at what they're doing, it's pretty impressive. You know? And you don't have to like it. I don't even fucking watch it. I'm telling you all these great things about it. I don't even fucking watch it. But I could see from afar, they're doing fucking well. And it's some shit that if I was still into wrestling like I was back then, this would be my shit. Because they're doing fucking well. They're doing the type of shit that I like. And quite frankly, they're doing the type of shit you like too. But you won't fucking give it a chance to admit it. Because you're bitter. And that's how you fucking operate. But the thing is. Is too. Like. It's this weird. Passive aggressive. Fucking energy. You bring to everything. And that's the shit. That. That you decided to do. On the heels of me calling you. For what I just explained. And I think. What I just said. Is pretty reasonable. To me. That, that's how I see it though. Again. All of this is my opinion. All this has ever been is my opinion. That's the only fucking thing my show has ever been consistently is my fucking opinion. People get as mad as fuck. You don't have to feel the way I feel. Can you believe you said that? Who gives a fuck what I said? I guess it, it hurts when it's got truth to it, though, right? I get uh, that's, that's what I 
I gather from this these things is when they hit a nerve, there's something to it. It's not it's not me saying shit for the sake of saying. It's just saying how I feel. But for some reason, it resonates with motherfuckers. It really gets through to, to something else. It hurts some fucking feelings. And understand it. When I went with Brian, I was just commenting on how I felt about his shit and how he sounds saying what he's saying about this other shit. Because he was so consistent with it and it was just getting really fucking annoying. And I know, you know, with some people, I just unfollow them, which maybe that's the route I should have went. I don't know. I'll be with JR on this. I don't know if that was the right decision. Um, but I just decided it just hit. I just got annoyed because it was like this the third day in the row he was burying AEW for no reason because he didn't watch it and he didn't care to. But he just needed to bury it because, you know, Jim Cornette hates it and Brett deals with them and he doesn't like Brett and all of that. So, you know, for that reason, he, he just kept going. So when I went at him, he got really fucking upset about it and he, he deleted me. Now, you know, the thing is, is like, and we'll bring this up again, but this dude was a cheerleader on my fucking page for 10, 10 plus years, at least. Cause I know he was still friends with me when I was drinking and that's been at least eight years. I've been sober off alcohol for eight years and, um, yeah, that plays into some of this too. But this dude has been a cheerleader on my fucking page. You you find him on just about every one of my fucking posts. Congratulating me and fucking praising me and 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 really appreciating the things that I've done. You know, not things that I've done for him, but just things that I've done in general in life and and treating it as if he really respected every single inch of who I am and what I do. And I know he does. But this, these things I said hurt his feelings. And that's that's why he went the route that he went. You know, because I hurt his fucking feelings. So, got brought to my attention after the last show. Because again, like, my my whole fucking thing was to address what it was. And then when he took it to the point of deleting me as a friend, I, I took offense to that shit. I, I, I'll hit him with that Jordan. And I took offense to that. Um, because all these fucking years of him fucking appreciating everything I was doing and us having things that we agreed and disagreed upon. And like, I considered him as far as a Facebook friend goes a, a friend, like straight up. And, um, every time we'd see some bullshit on the same topics that we'd agreed on, we'd send it to each other. Hey, look at this bullshit. Look at that bullshit. And, to me, like, I, I thought like this, this little shit, like you, you knew I didn't like that fucking show, but because I put it on your post like that, like that shit hurt enough that you were like, fuck this guy forever. Like, all right, dude, if that's the case, then that's the case. And I, and I just, I just reiterated what I said on the, uh, on the post on the show. And I, you know, I went in a little more in depth, but in the same token, like, that's as far as I went was that criticizing your ability to be a promoter, criticizing your ability to be a wrestler and then turn around and criticize every one of them for shit that you couldn't do. I'm only criticizing from the state, uh, from this, the, the, the site of a fan. That's it. That's what I'm coming from is from the perspective of a fan, not as someone 
who tried to do those things and failed. That's not the same thing. I'm saying from a fan, because if I say I don't like it, because that's what I've evolved to, I don't like it. It's not for me. I could tell you if some shit's fucking botched or not, you know, or whether I think it looks fucking terrible, but that's, I think it looks terrible. I think this, not just this isn't shit because of this and because of that. Well, the your version of that was not good. So how, how could you tell me that that's this, you know, I just, I think it's a different approach, but that's really all I did was, was criticize your ability to do what you do. So after that show that I did, um, this guy started doing his passive aggressive shit and he started posting, um, the, the passive aggressive, um, cryptic shit, you know what I mean? And, uh, he was posting shit at one of the posts. I'm trying to remember it. I don't have it in front of me, but it said something to the effect of, uh, a leopard doesn't change its stripes or should I say, or spots, or should I say tiger? stripes or whatever the fuck and then he goes uh once a beater always a beater and then hashtag like talk is cheap or some shit like this so apparently he's insinuating that i beat my wife which is fucking beyond insane and untrue um then he's claiming because I, I was baffled by this shit because I was like, again, like this dude has been a fucking cheerleader on my page for 10 fucking years. And the second I tell him he ain't shit as a promoter, suddenly I beat my wife. Like, wow, that's fucking news to me and her. You know, we've been together for 22 fucking years and we got three kids. You, you, you got to be fucking kidding me. This this is fucking crazy. So now I told her and she's like, what the fuck? Because he was just as cordial with her, you know, congratulating her on everything and, and you know, enjoying all the, the, the things we did in life with our children. And, you know, he, he would talk with both of us like like we were all friends. And and then so and, and I was like, maybe you want to hit him up and, and he could explain to you how I beat you because. I never heard of that shit and you never heard of that shit. So maybe he'll tell you when that was that you, you got beat. And, and she hit him up and was like, I, I, you know, this is crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm really disappointed that, that you would spread these type of lies. And it, it's fucking, it's just baffling. And, and like, he's, he's like, yo, yeah, people, that's not what my, my IMs say or my DMs or whatever the fuck. That's not what my, my instant messages says. It's like, dude, no one can fucking explain to you what happens in my life, what happens in Nina's life. But this is like, keep in mind, motherfucker, you're talking about my goddamn family when I'm talking about your ability to promote a fucking wrestling show and you don't know the facts behind what you're saying. And you should know better because you've been singing my praises for 10 fucking years. So you should know a little better than your direct messages 
for the sake of some bullshit to strike back at me because you can't promote a fucking wrestling show. So I'm smarter than you, apparently, because I've, I've matured to the point where I can understand when something's just not for me. I don't need to be that angry about it. It's just not for me. But not only that, but I already know what your fucking I am was. I already know what it all stems from. And we've talked about this on the show before. It's the only thing that's come every anything close to that, what you're you're accusing me of. And is based off of somebody trying to start some shit. This I've addressed this in multiple different angles because it, it took the same line of gossip and, and, and bullshit communication in the telephone game. So let's bring it back to Tournament of Death. Fucking, I don't know. I don't remember what number that was. I think it was the one with Kasai. Um, this was before I stopped drinking. This is the entire story. So anyway, his 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 um, IM was Maven, and Maven has some shit to say because I buried Maven. Keep in mind that Maven stayed friends with me for many many years on Facebook after that, and you know only deleted me after at least a year of me burying every single thing I could on him on Facebook because he's he's a hypocrite. He's a creep with the checks online, and He's supportive of DJ, who you know what the fuck DJ's up to, and and just the 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 condescending bullshit over and over as they sank the company that I I very much enjoyed. It, you know, it's it's grown me a distaste for him. So again, I would have to respond to a lot of things he said about other companies and about how this is going and how that's going when what he was doing wasn't that great. So when I did that in in an aggressive manner, to say the least, um, he, uh, didn't take kindly to that. So he, he, um, and that was for a while. He, he honestly fucking no sold it for a long time. I tag him and shit. I called him out on the necro thing. He had necro butcher as his fucking profile picture when they were putting him in the hall of fame, despite the fact that the dude was beating his fucking wife and everybody knew that shit. Everybody is choosing later on to fucking pretend like they don't know that shit. Like Connor Claxton never heard of that before and inducted him into the hall of fame. Like Maven Bentley never heard that before. He was working for the fucking company when it happened. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like he was on and off working with CZW and Maven was still with CZW. You've got to hear about ex-employees fucking beating their wife in a locker room full of guys who do nothing about then talk about all of that stupid shit. It's whatever, but that's where it came from for that reason, because he's got a fucking problem with me. Instead of trying to address any fucking thing I ever said about his ability to do this and this with CZW or his ability to back up his bullshit because he's another passive aggressive motherfucker that just every single day will passive aggressive tweet or, or Facebook about Joey Janela or fucking Brett Lauderdale. Um, when Brett Lauderdale walked in his fucking building with Nick Gage and he was across the fucking ring, he could have fucking leveled him 
and just said he was protecting his company. They were uninvited and all of this. You know, I, I, some fucking guy on the production staff letting him in the back door isn't exactly fucking legal as far as them just coming the fuck into your ring. And you know that, and you know you could have got away with something to a guy who hate you hate so fucking much that you won't stop fucking posting about him, that said racial shit to you, that did all of this stuff. You know what I mean? So never mind me just disliking the way you carry yourself online. Never mind me, me disliking the way you promote a company. Again, this guy disrespected you in a far, far worse way. This guy disrespected your company in a far, far worse way on the biggest fucking stage of them all as far as CZW is concerned at Cage of Death after the match. Completely fucking smashed the climax of that show. You know? And you had the ability to do that shit. And you're a fucking martial art trained fucking animal. See you winning all sorts of belts and fucking matches and whatever. You could fucking tear this guy's arms off. But he ain't about that like that. You just want to passive aggressively tweet at motherfuckers all day. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like when it comes to me and what I'm talking about. Like people have done far worse. So what? what is there? What is, you know, there's nothing to talk about. But you could respond to my shit with the type of shit you're about if you felt that way about me. But you, you didn't, though, because you know the deal. So let's go back to Tournament of Death that, that year, during my drinking years, still. I had gone to Tournament of Death. I had brought uh, my wife, Nina. Uh, Nina was the driver. Um, so I said I brought, but it sounds crazy. Um, my friend Steph from work and her brother and, um, and Nina's brother. So we went to tournament of death every year at tournament of death. I would drink like I was fucking competing with somebody just fucking stupid. That's just how I lived. You know, I, I had a fucking major problem and you know, that that's just the way it went. And the days would get fucking real messy. I think that was the same tournament. I took like three pictures with Takeda, like three different occasions. I asked him for a picture with him that I already took pictures with him. Like I was fucked. Like doesn't make any sense. And like that shit embarrasses me when I, when I just think about like being on that, like out of it state, you know, where you talk about your shit, like, and then I didn't even know what the fuck that I, I saw that guy before. Like, what the fuck? Like, who, who wants to function like that? I'm like very proud to be beyond that. So back to what the, what the deal was. So I just continued to drink and drink and drink. Um, and at the end of the show, something happened where um, her brother had like gotten my face or, or said something to me that I didn't like. I, I, I'm going to chalk it up to saying something to me that I didn't like because I was just very short fused and fucking wasted. Like, so fucking drunk. And I jumped on the dude and slammed him on the ground. And I put him in an arm hold. And I started yelling a bunch of threatening shit at him. And I was, that was uh, whatever, top wrist lock or whatever fuck. I don't know. I had a key lock or some shit. I had some shit on him on the ground. So, and I don't even know what how the fuck I got in that position, whatever. I just fucking jumped on him. It was what it was. And I'm yelling, I'll fucking kill you, all that shit. I'm losing it. Well, meanwhile, like, that's Nina's brother. 
So she's not too happy about any of this shit. Because her guy is fucking shit-faced, acting like a complete asshole, just fucking slammed the brother on the ground because he didn't like the way he was talking to him. And, like, nothing's good about this outing. And we have three hours to fucking get home. Three hours and change to get home. So we get to the point now, like, all the CZW security, including Maven, was over there. Um, Brett Lauderdale was, like, off in the cut. He, was, he wasn't really right there. He was, like, a little off in the distance. And at some point, he pulled his phone out, and he was trying to record. And I'm, like, flipping, and I turned, and I saw him. I was like, fuck, I'll kill this motherfucker over here. Um, but, I, you know, I was talking all sorts of shit. And the closest that any kind of anything happened, at one point, Nina had her finger in my face. And she was yelling at me, and I'm yelling at her. And I pushed her finger out of my face. And I probably said something like, I'll fuck you up or some shit. Because... I, I talked a lot of shit and especially like crazy fucking drunk. I'd, yeah, I, I'd tell a cop, I'd tell whoever, I'll fuck you up, I'll fuck you, you know. That, but I, I, I've never made physical contact with, with Nina 22 fucking years. I, and, and again, like just to go back to like what I said and, and what may have been said and the way that it came off, like this is what the fuck goes on. I understand how that sounds. And I will say 100% during my time of drinking, I was verbally abusive. I will 100% admit to that shit. And that's a good part of what I needed to make better about myself. Was the, the, the way that I talked to her, the way that I talked to people, like, I, you know, I, I'd, every day I'd have to wake up and fucking check my, my, um, my messages on, on Facebook and see who the fuck I fought with. Check, check my fucking Facebook wall. See what kind of wild shit I fucking... Vague threats I put up to this one and to that one. It's fucking terrible. It's fucking terrible to just not be able to stand behind your words and be who the fuck you are. So I take a lot of pride in that shit. And I got better. And I did better. And, and Brian knows that. But to accuse me of putting my hands on my wife... You're disrespecting my whole fucking family for some asshole off of some bullshit story that like that's legitimately how it went down. And when it went down like that, too, like they they didn't want to let me go home with her. They're like, you're not getting in the car with her. You're not going home with her. I'm like, the fuck I'm not like we live in the same fucking house. Like we, you think I'm just going to fucking sit in some stranger's car for fucking three hours to drop me off somewhere in fucking Jersey to do by the time we got home from tournament at death, it was always already late, you know? So it, there was no fucking way I was like with somebody else in some fucking car. And like, I, I'm going the fuck back home. Like we're just, and for the most part, we didn't fucking say shit to each other the whole ride home because I, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't fucking. And they even were like, yeah, we'll call the cops. I was like, call the fucking cops. I don't know what the fuck you're going to tell them because. So her brother went home in somebody else's car and Steph went home in somebody else's car and it was just me and Nina went home all, all you know way and yeah we were very unhappy with each other and I'm sure very much so her you know and, and rightfully so but I mean like you could ask her what happened in that day you could ask her fucking brother what happened in that day like he was just in my yard a few weeks ago for my daughter's birthday party and uh, a graduation party I should say and by her for her birthday party too like it's it's little bullshit that happened during a fucking time where I wasn't right. And the things that you're saying aren't factual at all. Like that, that didn't happen whatsoever. 
but just overall, it's just one of those times that I'm not proud of, you know, like there was a time I, I was at my brother's house and we got fucking I got hammered over there, like fucking fell off the fucking back porch, like just like leaving, like two steps down, like off the back fucking deck and just like broke my fucking ankle. Like I had like black fucking bruising across the top of my foot and just refused to go to the doctor. So it just was like that for like a week or two must have been like a slight break but this shit was fucked up and swollen and shit and i just powered through it at work and stuff and would just drink at night to make it feel better and i you know i was dumb as shit i did a lot of fucking things i fell into a fire in my backyard you know like just dumb shit after dumb shit but one thing i i was never was physically abusive with a woman and like for some asshole on the fucking internet to to tell me that and then to tell Nina that, like, he, he's telling her, like, no, I got it. That's not what my, my IM says. Like, who gives a fuck what your IM says? Like, I'm the guy and she's the, the woman. What the fuck are you talking about? That's not our life. <laughs> that's not, like, and that to, that's absolute slander. Like, that's the thing is, like, if you want to go further with that dumb shit, because, like, then, like, you, you gave her this, like, ultimatum, like, well, tell him keep his mouth shut and I'll keep my mouth shut. Like, see, this is why you forced my hand to go back into this, because I never wanted to talk about you again on this show. Who gives a fuck about you? So I had to tussle with this in my head, because that sounds like, well, if I don't say anything, you got something on me and I, I, I can't possibly speak. Otherwise, you'll you'll let everybody know. Ain't shit to let anybody know. There's nothing that you have that I'm like, oh, fuck, don't let them let that out. Like, what the fuck? Is, dog, I said you were a fucking bad promoter. And you're fucking going at my family like, oh, he beats his wife. What the fuck are you talking about? 22 fucking years together. And suddenly, like, this this is the identity that we have. After you sung my fucking praises on Facebook for 10 fucking years, you're on every post loving and fucking reacting and blah, 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 you know, being a fucking friend as far as I knew. And then suddenly you're like, oh, you're a total piece of shit who beats your wife. Like, what the fuck? That's a wild turn, bro. I know you like fucking writing books and shit. You just took a wild fucking mystery turn with that novel. Jesus Christ. But that's slander, bro. I'd leave the fuck. I'd leave that shit alone because I got everybody in my fucking life to back that shit up as being a complete fucking falsehood. That's a bad thing to run with. You know, you know me way fucking better than that shit than to try to pin me with that, that dumb shit. But, you know, this is one of these hills, man. I'll die on this hill, both literally, figuratively, figuratively however you want that to go, bro, because you can't come at me with some shit that I, I stand against. I fucking... I'm always blasting people who put their hands on fucking women and, and you're going to be like, yeah, that's what you do. What? <laughs> like, There's no way I'm going to sit there and let you fucking pin that shit on me. That's wild as hell. So, um, I would leave that shit alone and let's just move the fuck on, man. Cause everything I put out there was just clean facts. I ain't, and, and my opinion when it comes down to it, because I'm not, I'm not over here trying to fucking dig at your family and shit like this. Like that's, that's disgusting. You should really be ashamed of yourself because there's no factual basis to the shit that you're putting down. It's slanderous. And, and you know, it, that's not the fucking truth. You know, goddamn well, that's not the truth. You're, you're going off of somebody else's word. That's also mad at me, but doesn't want to say anything. And then you're going to be the guy to pull the trick at the dog. 
Cut that shit out. That shit is whack. <laughs> Fuck out of here with that. That that's all I gotta say about that. Um, fucking Packers, Niners, Sunday night motherfucking football. I'm gonna wrap it at this. Uh, check out. I got your five stars, my man Jeremy. Check out Eric at the man. We just lost to the greatest team in the NFL podcast. And check out Shaheen always over here doing his thing. And uh, hit you with some Sean P. Check you out later. Peace. Listen, if I die tonight, don't stress yourself, bitchin'. There's a big Thanksgiving size plate waiting for me in Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Angels gonna do my bidding like I'm Charlie Devil's reject. We done kicked me out for robbing the zombies. Then I'm right back like I forgot my keys. On the block slinging shots for cheese. That's a fair trade. Uh-huh. My hustle's a hustle. My hustle is muscle. We dump till you buckle. Leave you feeble fuckers in puddles. None of you wanna dance with the devil. Save me the last dance. Been the gap man since Marcus Houston was Batman. You galleries, you smack with the top of a trash can. I'm quick, nah, bitch, not quick like your last man. Sack man, street slaughterhouse, Spartan savagery, murder motherfuckers, monster mashery, assault and battery at the least. Hey, I promise you, haters, I'll show you grocery without a bodega, you bitch bastards. Put heat to birds, rotisserie ducks. Not just birds, we heating all beef up. Not just beef, we heating these streets up. Don't stop there, we heat whole cities up. Why stop there? We heat countries up. All of the heat off one CD. Yup. Can't take the heat. Get up out of this bitch. And I'm welcoming real niggas to Hell's Kitchen. Listen. Yo, beat the food for thought. If food was thoughts, I be lean cuisine. You moose, you pork. Napoleon complex, Paul, you too short. Can't rock with the guard. No box with the guard. Listen, I paid my dues. I'm paid my shoes. Cost so much to look at them. Charge paid per view. Fuck out of here. My gun game crazy. When the fifth spit, I kill man, woman, and child. I like Chris Benoit, Sean Price. Price. It's not the brokest rapper you know. Blow G's on trees, rolled in tobacco with smoke. Puff my trees, don't fuck with P. You a newborn, I'm dealing with these plus degrees. You see my success, I'm trying to succeed. Okay. Got niggas success and blunts and succeeds. <laughs> this is the boot camp show, I'm your host. Most definite, the best in it from coast to coast. Put heat to birds, rotisserie ducks. Not just birds, we heating all beef up. Not just beef, we heating these streets up. Don't stop there, we heat whole cities up. Why stop there? We heat countries up All of the heat All one CD yep. Can't take the heat Get up out of this bitch And I'm welcoming real niggas To hell's kitchen I'm just gonna say You don't need a hardest tag team ever You better than them niggas Katraz and Pete Never Disrespect us if you wanna Get your teeth messed up Hit with the angry Robert Blake That's the mean Beretta We the incredible rap team Motherfucking rap G's Suckers never catch me Up in them slim ass jeans Y'all some busters huh? I think you gay You might be Catching giant balls on your head like you David Kyrie. Yo, Kanye West, welcome niggas to the good life. Sean stay stressed, welcome niggas to a hood knife. Niggas ain't crazy, they ain't ready for a hood fight. Rock a bar, baby, with the 80 paw, good night. Paul, you the shook type, know your con. Niggas like you ain't even supposed to rhyme. Listen. 
I use your CD for a coaster. B C C C Sean P and I toast you. Put heat to birds, roaches and redux. Not just birds, we heating all beef up. Not just beef, we heating these streets up. You don't stop there, we heat whole cities up. Why stop there? We heat countries up. All of the heat off one CD. Yup. Can't take the heat, get up out of this bitch. And I'm welcoming real niggas to Hell's Kitchen. Listen. Hell's, Hell's Kitchen. Welcome live to Hell's Kitchen.